This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are still on letter number 22 on the futility of halfway measures, and I imagine we'll have a couple more episodes on this letter. But today we're going to be reading through verse 7 down to verse 12, and these verses are just packed full of wisdom. And uh, look, in one way, Seneca is kind of rambling on about the same thing that he's been talking about for quite some time now, which is remove yourself from the public life in order to uh, find the true freedom uh, to do the things that you find are most important, to to allow the goods of your soul to shine forth, right? So he's, he's continuing on with that idea, but there's a few really interesting ideas in here that we can pull apart and, uh, and find some extra value in. So we're going to read through and uh, I might stop along the way and we'll, we'll discuss. And just before I do start reading, it's important to know that uh, Seneca starts off by saying, you know, now I suppose you're looking for a Stoic motto also. That's because he was previously talking about Epicurus and his thoughts on uh, on freeing the soul and, and, and running towards this freedom instead of uh, going kind of at a slow and slothful pace. So he says, quote, Now I suppose you are looking for a Stoic motto also. There is really no reason why anyone should slander that school to you on the ground of its rashness. As a matter of fact, its caution is greater than its courage. You are perhaps expecting the sect to utter such words as these. It is base to flinch under a burden. Wrestle with the duties which you have once undertaken. No man is brave and earnest if he avoids danger if his spirit does not grow with every difficulty of his task. Words like these will indeed be spoken to you, if only your perseverance shall have an object that is worthwhile, if only you will not have to do or suffer anything unworthy of a good man. Besides, a good man will not waste himself upon mean and discreditable work or be busy merely for the sake of being busy. Neither will he, as you imagine, become so involved in ambitious schemes that he will have to continually endure their ebb and flow. Nay, when he sees the dangers, uncertainties, and hazards in which he was formerly tossed about, he will withdraw, not turning his back to the foe, but falling back little by little to a safe position. From business, however... My dear Lucilius, it is easy to escape, if only you will despise the rewards of business. We are held back and kept from escaping by thoughts like these. What then? Shall I leave behind me these great prospects? Shall I depart at the very time of harvest? Shall I have no slaves at my side? No retinue for my litter? No crowd in my reception room? Hence, men leave such advantages as these with reluctance. They love the reward of their hardships, but they curse the hardships themselves. End quote. 
Okay, so we'll stop here for a moment because there's some really uh, great ideas that Seneca gives us here that we can kind of pull apart. So one of them is, uh, you know, he says to Lucilius, listen, you might be expecting to hear such things from the Stoics as, uh, you know, it would be uh, base to flinch under a burden, wrestle with the duties which you have once undertaken. No man is brave and earnest if he avoids danger, if his spirit does not grow with the very difficulty of his task. So, you know, he's, he's expecting to hear these kind of uh, tough man words from the Stoics, right? Uh, you know, the kind of colloquial version of Stoicism, you might say, uh, being very strong and tough under rough conditions and being able to get through them with resilience, right? And Seneca says that words like these will indeed be spoken to you if only your perseverance shall have an object that is worthwhile, if only you will not have to do or suffer anything unworthy of a good man. So what I take away from this, it's it's almost as if Seneca is trying to point out here, and correctly so, uh, that the motivation comes secondary to the aim. You know, Jim Rohn said something that uh, I really find very interesting and useful. He said, uh, what's the point of motivation? I mean, that's not the ultimate aim because you can motivate an idiot and then all you've got is a motivated idiot, which is one of the the most dangerous things that you could possibly hope for, right? And he makes a great point there, right? Because personal development can kind of often err on the side of motivation. How can you push yourself to do more? But that's meaningless unless you have something extremely worthwhile to be aiming at. And Seneca is saying here, listen, we're going after freedom Uh, in terms of stoicism. You know, we're going after eudaimonia, a flourishing existence, a free life in agreement with nature. You've got to have all of this stuff set up, right? And then you can go, 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 and you can get after it. And you will hear those words from the Stoics. It is based to flinch under a burden, wrestle with the duties which you have uh, undertaken, right? Uh, But that advice will be given to you when you are seeking something that is truly worthwhile and truly meaningful. And so, you know, like I said in the previous episode, the aim has to come first and the knowledge of good and bad and indifferent has to come first, right? And then you can start retreating to safe harbor, as Seneca goes on to say. Uh, But one thing that he says here that I also find interesting, he says, a good man will not waste himself upon mean and discreditable work or be busy merely for the sake of being busy. Neither will he, as you imagine, become so involved in ambitious schemes that he will have continually to endure their ebb and flow. Uh, So he's talking here about pointless pursuits, right? Uh, We really need to look at our lives and say, are we just constantly trying to seek something new to do, to add to our schedule? Are we just busy or are we actually moving towards something that's really meaningful, really worthwhile? Again, it's all about the aims. It's not about the work, right? That will come, but the aim must come first. And then in the next part, Seneca points out that from business, however, my dear Lucilius, it is easy to escape if only you will despise the rewards of business. We are held back and kept from escaping by thoughts like these. What then? Shall I leave behind these great prospects? Shall I depart at the very time of harvest? Shall I have no slaves by my side, no retinue for my litter, no crowd for my reception room? Hence men leave such advantages as these with reluctance. They love the reward of their hardships, but curse the hardships themselves. You know, so a very uh, a very useful piece of information that we get out of this, uh, or at least something to really consider in your life, uh, 
is that it's easy to escape if you can despise the rewards of riches. You know, again, this is an idea that we see the Stoics talking about a lot. Uh, there were a few episodes back where I talked about uh, Seneca and his his view of Epicurus's idea uh, that there are kind of two ways to become wealthy. You either get more money uh, or you get less desires, right? So he's saying the same thing here. Uh, if you will just have less desires, right, for those sorts of things that you're currently aiming at, if you'll shift those desires, uh, then it won't be so difficult for you to remove yourself from the things that are enslaving you. And this reminds me of something that I often talk about with my clients, because sometimes when you dive into stoicism, you can get the idea that perhaps uh, we are being taught to uh, kind of be a little bit uh, uh, inactive, you might say, in life, Uh, to not necessarily be ambitious towards things, to not really go after things, but to uh, accept what you can accept and accept what is in your control and to to not worry about what else uh, is, is outside of your control, for example. And, and I don't necessarily think that that is the case. I've certainly been there. You know, I've gone to that place. Uh, but as I have deepened my understanding of this philosophy and, uh, and in general deepened my understanding of, of who I am, uh, it seems to me like it's not about losing ambition. It's about shifting that ambition to better aims, to more worthwhile aims, so that it's no longer something that you want, you know, to just go down a certain path because everybody tells you you should uh, or because it's going to pay well uh, or because, you know, you're going to get some sort of external monetary or material reward. It's no longer good enough for you because what you truly want to seek and where your ambition truly wants to pull you is towards the goods of of the soul and and true uh, goods that come from a, a a life aimed at the highest possible good, and that's something truly special. Once you realize that you don't need to lose ambition, you just need to pour that ambition into something that is truly worthwhile. And just quickly before we read on, uh, I just really like this line: uh, "Hence, men leave such advantages as these with reluctance. They love the reward of their hardships, but curse the hardships themselves." You know, okay, I I kind of think that there are two interesting ways that we could look at that quote. First, you could say that he's talking about, obviously, the people who are still stuck in that world of going after the external rewards, right? And they don't like the hardships they have to go through to get those external rewards, but they love the rewards, and so they're kind of hooked on it. It's kind of like a drug to them, and so they're just going to be keep on. They'll keep on uh, sucking at the teat of that drug until uh, until they uh, realize eventually that that's ultimately not the thing that's going to make them happy, but. You can also think about this uh, when it comes to our philosophical development. I think it's an interesting idea, one that is clearly in line with human nature, that we love the reward of our hardships, but we curse the hardships themselves. You know, there's something to be said for going through this philosophical path with a cheerful spirit, because... You know, when you go on this philosophical path, you are going to have to mourn the loss of your former selves as you transform into what you could be, right? You're going to have to go through hardships. You're going to have to uh, make sacrifices. It might not be easy. It's most likely going to be difficult. If you, you know, anything that is worthwhile doing, it's going to be difficult. And that's the same with philosophy. It's a difficult path, but there's something to be said for having a cheerful attitude and, and facing this with the knowledge that you are truly moving towards something that is worthwhile and, 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 and very, very meaningful for you in your life. 
And, you know, I think I'm actually going to pause here. We're going to read the the next few verses in the next episode. And uh, at the end of this episode, which is now, I'm going to read you a, a poem from Charles Bukowski that I think really sits well with what Seneca is saying here. And then I've got another poem from Bukowski that I want to read after the next episode. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about freedom. We're talking about uh, removing the distractions from your life and the things that are enslaving you and moving towards better aims that are really worthwhile and useful in your life. And so I think that this poem really uh, uh, complements that kind of discussion. It's called The Laughing Heart. So Bukowski writes, Your life is your life. Don't let it be clubbed into dank submission. Be on the watch. There are ways out. There is light somewhere. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Be on the watch. The gods will offer you chances. Know them. Take them. You can't beat death, but you can beat death in life. Sometimes. And the more often you learn to do it, the more light there will be. Your life is your life. Know it while you have it. You are marvellous. The gods wait to delight in you. So I think that that poem fits perfectly and I'm going to leave it there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time.